loving the hair, man. I like that. Uh, oh, uh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> is that, I've uh, was it? To, uh, I've managed to evade the scissors for a little while now. Yeah. Is it uh, for a roll or are you just like, eh, I'm just going to let it, let it fly? Uh, a little bit of both. I, my, my son and I kind of made a pact that we're going to grow our hair out. So he's, he's 12, almost 13. And so he's growing his hair out. And, um, and so I'm kind of, we're, we're kind of doing that together. Um, which is kind of cool. Cause I go away a lot for work and, you know, we don't have a lot of time together in those, sure in those stretches. So, uh, to be doing something together, even though it's something stupid, like growing out our hair, it's kind of, fun. Hey, you know, yeah. Whatever, whatever it takes to, you know, get that bonding in, you know? Yeah. And I've also incorporated it into, uh, some of the roles that I'm, I'm going after and, and interested in and some things that I'm doing, like I'm, I'm doing a movie called the stage, uh, next year. And it's a, it's a small independent film about a magician uh, who performs on stage. And I wanted to have long hair for that. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of things too, that, uh, that I've done that, you know, it facilitated long hair. So I'm uh, well, I, first of all, I'm extremely jealous just because I, um, I, um, I'm unable to do that. Oh uh, no! I'm I'm the opposite. I'm you know my hair my hair is like going you know oh, it's doing yeah. the yeah. whole backwards thing. And I got yeah I got two sons myself and they got you know the luscious luscious yeah. hair and yeah I'm just telling them you know just wait just wait. I know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know the 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 axe falls where it falls, but I think uh, for me uh, I'm. I'm just doing it while I can. Yeah. Hey, I, <laughs> I, I wish I would have done that, man. This is hair talk with Henry Thomas. This is what yeah, uh, we brought him I... on for. It's uh... a, <laughs> how long have you been a president for the hair club for men? <laughs> uh, it's uh, been 15 and a half years now. Uh, 16 will be in uh, April. So, um, <laughs> improv folks <laughs> but uh no but it, actually yeah yeah i've been uh uh excited for this interview for the uh about uh 15 hours i've known about it but uh <laughs> it was like a quick turnaround i was like oh sweet all right let's do this um we uh we had d wallace on a few months ago and that was oh, a great. that was a real treat and she's oh man i mean you know she's she's amazing she's great <laughs> yeah. she's a wonderful lady yeah um but uh obviously first we want to you know talk about this new movie you got uh, coming out. i believe uh the time of this uh recording right now i believe it was released today no or am i totally wrong yeah about probably that? it's in uh it, it should be in theaters now uh it's called sam and kate and it's starring uh, sissy spacek and dustin hoffman and uh their two kids, Skylar Fisk and Jake Hoffman. Yeah, that's that's yeah, interesting uh, in itself, right there. That yeah, you got they're they're playing mother, daughter, father, son in the movie, and that's really what they are. Uh, yeah. What do you yeah. do you know about the uh, what the writing process was for that? Like how this movie came about and how it 
turned into them casting it like that? Well, it's interesting because I first heard of this through my friend uh, who's a producer on the film, Orion Williams. Uh, Orion grew up in Texas. Uh, I've known him for many years. And he came to me with this script uh, and introduced me to Darren Legallo, who was the writer and director of Sam and Kate. And this was about eight years ago or so. Oh, wow. In Los Angeles. And I had read the script and I thought, it's great. And Darren approached me and said, I want you to play the lead in this. And I said, well, I think I'm a little too old for this character, but you know, I think it's a great story. I'd love to, I'd love to do it. And the project kind of failed to launch a couple of times. I think, you know, as projects do, uh, financiers fall out and, you know, you lose money, you got to start back over again. And sure. Anyway, Dustin Hoffman and Sissy Spacek coming on board totally changed the game. And of course they were able to secure financing and, and I think it was Dustin's idea that, you know, uh, Jake could play his son and that started a whole thing. And Skylar, of course, uh, came on board, I think pretty early on. So, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it really took on a new life once they came on board. And I think it really made the film very special. No, definitely. Yeah. That definitely adds to the, I think, chemistry of the, of the characters and everything like that, you know, because, you know, obviously they already have that, chem, you know, that relationship with each other. So it's like, yeah, you know. yeah. There's, there's gravitas <laughs> there, you know, right. History already. <laughs> Definitely. But, it, but it's interesting because uh, Darren Legallo is from San Antonio, Texas, which is my hometown. And when you're from San Antonio and you meet somebody from else from San Antonio outside of San Antonio, it's kind of like the stars aligning because that rarely happens. Most people, like at least from my generation and I think Darren's generation – like if you were born in San Antonio, you usually stayed in San Antonio, you know, that yeah. was it. Um, but I think that's changing now with, you know, the whole country kind of moving around, but definitely, but it's always, to me, it's always kind of a, um, it's kind of a cosmic moment because I'm always like, Oh, wow. It's, it's weird to meet somebody from my hometown. And, yeah especially within the industry. Um, but I kind of thought, oh, this is special. You know, this is a, a cool story. And I get it because it it feels a lot like San Antonio, um, you know, parts of the story. And I think Darren was drawing on a lot of stuff, uh, you know, from that place. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah, that's nice that you guys kind of had that, yeah, connection, and yeah, you were able to see the the similarities uh, that way. Now, you know, obviously, you starting out as very young in this industry. Now, did, were you in? Like, did you move to L.A. when you were young, or was were you in San Antonio for? No, for a while? I was. 
I was in Texas until I was about 24, 26. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I grew up there and kept a place there. Uh, you know, I had a farm. My parents uh, had a farm and uh, about like 230 acres, uh, you know, 30 of which was ours and 200 of which my dad leased. Okay. Uh, he had cattle and things like that. And my dad, my mom had a goat dairy and everything. So yeah, we were like out in, in the middle of nowhere, um, but closest to San Antonio. So you a goat's milk guy? So you put I was, I was raised yeah. on, yeah, raw goat's milk. Yeah, that yeah. was one. That was my I, go-to. I love goat cheese. Uh, I, you know, I think you know society puts you know different weirdness. I mean, when you think about any animal milk, like even cow's milk, it's like, why are we drinking milk from cows and goats? But anyway, yeah, <laughs> I do. I, I don't think I've ever actually tried goat's milk, but goat cheese, man, whew, that is, that is yeah. one of my weaknesses, right there. Goat's, goat's milk is uh, is pretty good, but it's. Um, it's different from cow's milk. I yeah, I would assume so. I assume it has more of a uh, a tang to it. I, I, yeah, I it's maybe. A little, I don't. <laughs> it's a little sweeter actually. But the thing is, uh, raw raw cow's milk versus raw goat milk. I would go with the goat milk. Interesting. Okay, so right here. So do you still drink it? Oh no. <laughs> no, you, you didn't have a choice back then. No, so, my, you know. <laughs> my mother like forced it on me. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I mean, I'm glad for it. I think it, you know, it, it, my, my, my relative good health is attributed to uh, growing up like that. Yeah. <laughs> and now, because yeah. you're in, you're not in, uh, I want to say I read that you are in Oregon. Are you in Oregon or is, am I just way off? I, I, I am in Oregon. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I moved up here about five years ago. Okay. Yeah, my kids go to school here, and you know, I'm I'm living here to be close to them, and and I'm kind of I'm kind of wondering where I'm going to end up. Really, I don't know. It's kind of a funny thing uh, when you live out of a suitcase your whole life, and uh, yeah, yeah, it's got to be. You start thinking about a permanent, you know, permanent location. It's kind of a, a tricky thing to tackle. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, that's, uh, are, are you in like the Portland area? Yeah, I'm kind of in between Portland and the coast. I'm kind okay. of in a whole area. You ever but... watch Portlandia? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some funny parallels there. <laughs> I hear that. Whenever I ask someone who's from Portland, they're always like, it's crazy how accurate yeah. that show is in capturing. Yeah, it, it, there are certain things, you know, just like one shot will just make you crack up laughing. Because... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure there's some that, yeah, just go over people's heads who aren't, you know, who don't live there or aren't from there. But yeah, I, I love that show. That's, yeah. But I'm kind <laughs> of, you know, I don't really, I don't. I haven't really spent a lot of time here because I've been working a lot in the last five years and I've been working on long format shows, you know, so that takes you away for six months at a time. And yeah, well, that's, so, um, go ahead. Oh no. So I, I kind of, I feel funny, like 
saying I live here because I really don't know it very well. Like I know Vancouver, BC way better than I know Portland. Okay. Just because that's where I've been most of the time. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Um, but speaking of the the TV, my uh, co-host, he wasn't able to join today, but he did want to uh, me to mention that he is a huge fan of Midnight Mass. Um, oh, so thanks. he wanted to, uh, yeah, just give his regards, I guess you could say, to the to that show. Is that now? Is that uh, is that still going to be coming on, or is that over? Uh, no, that's just a one season. It was just a one show. Okay. Limited, limited series. Yeah. Gotcha. Uh, But, but no, we, we, we have another inception of the, uh, Mike Flanagan universe in, uh, fall of the house of Usher, which will be out on Netflix probably next, the next spring or maybe next fall. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, the, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he, yeah. uh, Dave, I, I mentioned it. So there you, you have it. I, I unfortunately have not watched the show yet. I, I, I plan to, but, uh, uh, but yeah, that was, well, for, that was for Dave. I'm glad he enjoyed it. It was, it, it was a great show I thought, and I had a lot of fun doing it, but it was, it was pretty taxing. Like, being in prosthetics because I don't know if you know my character in the show, but um, a lot of the characters in the show, we kind of age in reverse. So, you know, we start off in our seventies and then get younger as the show progresses. And to accomplish that, we were in the chair doing special effects prosthetics Yeah, for hours, you know, at, weird hours of the night and early morning and yeah not a, not my favorite way to work I, yeah i'm always curious about the prosthetic like makeup chair like how do you how do you keep your sanity for those hours of uh sitting in that chair <laughs> well a lot of it is uh a, a lot of it is just kind of focusing on relaxing and kind of like getting yourself in sort of a meditative state where you can just kind of not freak out. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Not like get up and jump around. Um, And a lot of it has to do with the makeup artists themselves, because luckily had some great people. This guy, Ozzy Alvarez, who uh, he was, he used to be a pro skateboarder. Okay. And now he's a special effects guy and has been for years, but um, but he was just a great guy. So we would just talk, you know, for hours. But the awkward part is that, you know, you get called in sometimes at, you know, I got called in at 2.30 in the morning one time for a 6 a.m. crew call. Oh man. You know, so I had to be there in the chair at like from three to six. And then I had to go work from six to six, you know? Yeah. It's like, so, I'm. <laughs> forgive me if I'm not, you know, talking to you. I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just, I'm super tired guys. Come on. Give me a, give me a break. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's hard to, it's hard to be a decent human being when you 
Yeah, that, yeah. Like weird calls and hours like that, you know. You exactly, just, but I'm sure they understand too, because I mean they're they're up that early and have to do it too, so they're like, no, I'm fine. I don't yeah, want to talk. <laughs> it's just it's just hard on everybody because you you know you got people that are working like twice as many hours as yeah else and or you know or the same hours just offset by six hours yeah exactly and then when they're doing the work on you i mean you you essentially just have to sit there whereas they're actually you know have to be focused and you know right and you know and and i'm playing a supporting character so i'm coming in every three or four days sometimes maybe two or three days in a row uh, maybe maybe one week in a row uh, all, all in a row but like those guys are coming in every day for yeah. production to make up everybody. So they, they're exhausted by, you know, by week eight, you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Now you mentioned, uh, he was a, a skateboarder. Um, what's, uh, I know you're a musician and, and things like that. What's, uh, were you ever in the skateboarding scene? You know, I was, when I was a teenager, I was really into skateboarding and I had a, I had a half pipe ramp that I built with my friends in my backyard and, you know, yeah, I had delusions of going pro and all of that. You're like, I'll be a movie star instead, you know, but this was before the kickflip. This was, Oh, okay. So this was like, this was was like like, longboard stuff or like, no, no, it was like a twist ho-ho plant era. Yeah. Lots of hand plants. Oh, okay. No, no kickflips. <laughs> well, I, I did. Have you since learned to kickflip? I, I can, I can attempt it, but uh, <laughs> it usually, usually ends in disaster. Well, I, I can attempt to act, and it ends in disaster. You know, I, can, yeah, I can attempt on. a lot of things, but <laughs> you just have to be in the right hands. You know, You're, definitely. You have, to, um, you have to have the right editor. <laughs> exactly (laughs) um now i mean uh fans of the show no i'm i mean i'm et is it uh circulates it's always in my top three films depending on my mood it's number one but it's always in my top three films so i'm trying my best not to geek out on you too much um (laughs) you know because you've been hearing it for 40 years now i mean the 40th anniversary just happened um but uh i am curious was there Cause it seems like you're humble about it now you're, you're up to answering questions, but was there like a period in your younger career where you were just like, I don't want to be known as Elliot from ET. Like I'm, I'm sick of this. Like, Oh, for with, sure. Yeah. When I was, yeah. when I was in my early twenties, I, I totally did not want to be associated with that role because, you know, I was, I was really, trying to be taken as a serious actor right yeah and uh you know there was a stigma there is a stigma uh around child actors in the industry you know or or there there certainly was but there used to be a stigma about people who did television versus people who did film and yeah people who do commercials versus people who do stage and all the various hierarchies, but a lot of those have kind of been subdued. Um, but it's still there a little bit, you know? Yeah. There's still I can, a, 
Yeah, I can. But when I was a when I was a young actor, kind of coming up, of course, you know that was like that was like an albatross (laughs) around my neck for for a little bit. But honestly, it's it's only been good for me. It's it's only helped, and sure, and it's great that everybody has fond memories about the character and and the film. Oh yeah, I mean, like it would really suck if it was like, you know, touted as the worst movie of all time, and right, where star of the worst movie of all time. That would that would be really bad. Where people are like ironically like it and stuff, like kind of like the Troll Two, I think is one of those exactly, like, yeah, uh, like films. Like, like where, <laughs> it's like, do you want to be part of that kind of history or? Spielberg, like movie magic, like it's just yeah. I mean, it's so a, it's like it's a great, <laughs> it's it's a great little you know, it's a great little doorstop to keep the the grand door of Hollywood from closing completely on me. Sure, yeah. Now, when um, were you were you in that sort of attitude of you know you want to be known as a serious ad, ad uh actor and things like that when you got your gangs in new york role was that uh oh yeah no that was like uh well that that was actually all of the work that i had done in my early 20s kind of coming to uh fruition because i had worked a lot in independent film in the early 90s in new york and i had developed uh, a reputation as being a good actor i had a role in legends of the fall which was kind of a widely seen commercial film and serious film you know right and so then having uh, all the pretty horses and uh gangs of new york kind of all in the same time that that was that was probably like the height of my career you know right yeah i mean yeah i mean yeah so so far (laughs) there you go (laughs) always always keep you know looking up working working at it um but uh were you uh i mean obviously as a kid you know working with spielberg you know, you, you had the chance to work with Scorsese. You already, you know, being the age you were when you did that film, you knew Scorsese's a legend, like, you know. Uh, but at the time of E.T., like, were you aware of Spielberg already, like, being, like, I was. a legend? like Yeah, but, you know, at the time, he wasn't quite a legend. Right, yeah. You know, in the in the way that he's regarded now. I mean, Correct, yeah. He had had huge, you know, the first blockbuster with Jaws, right? Yeah. Uh, and Close Encounters. But he had also had a couple of failures, you know. He had had 1941 and used cars. and Yeah. Um, you know, and the industry was kind of still speculating about him. He was this kind of wonder kid who had come along at a very young age and, you know, kind of turned the industry on its head. But he wasn't an established guy like he wasn't a serious regarded as a serious uh director he was still reaching for that um he was only 33 when we did et wow yeah that's yeah that's (laughs) yeah that's insane when you think about it yeah it's like (laughs) these uh, 
it's a weird and, saying it, but yeah, you're essentially still a kid. <laughs> and it, it, it all, it all pretty much happened from like 1975, 1976. Yeah. On, I mean, even though he had been working, I think before then, uh, in the industry, but, but he was still a big deal. I mean, sure. Yeah. On a Steven Spielberg movie was, Oh, this is big. Yeah. <laughs> he was, a, he was a big director. He was, you know, yeah. known as being one of the big guys. He's in the shark movie. I mean, he made the yeah, shark he had, movie. He Come had on, the shark you know? movie. <laughs> but, you know, but more importantly, he had like, he, he had the executives at universal and he had, sure. Uh, you know, he, he had, he had real, real Hollywood power. You know, he could get movies made or get them not made. Yeah, yeah, he he had that. Yeah, that. Yeah, like you said, the power. Yeah, which uh, speaking of which, I'm uh, Monday seeing the uh, the Fablemans, which I'm excited for. So yeah, that's exciting, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's like almost like autobiography. That word, autobiographical. <laughs> My I, I, tongue auto, is uh, autobiographical. About, there you go. About his <laughs> life and uh, growing up. I think he grew up in Arizona. I'm not sure. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and some people say E.T. is kind of, uh, you know, part of his childhood. He took that from, yeah. you know, his childhood and everything, his parents being divorced and all that. Um, so, but yeah, definitely looking forward to that one. So, um, yeah, yeah, you should have been in that. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> should have wow. called him up. <laughs> we've, only, we've only worked together once, really. That's and crazy. It, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's, it's like... I mean, do you, I, I assume you he see was a, he was an executive producer on Haunting of Hill House. Oh, okay. But it was because it was it was a co-production with Amblin TV. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, speaking of that that haunted house, it reminded me. Uh, you, you, yeah, Psycho Four, right? Was that the one you were in? Uh, Psycho yeah. Four. <laughs> Sorry, now I'm just I'm just you know geeking out on everything now. Um, okay. <laughs> that that was one of those movies where I was I think I'm way too young to have watched when I did. Um, oh right, and <laughs> uh, but I just it, I you know I obviously already seen ET and everything, and I was like. Elliot, what are you doing? Like, what, what, what is happening? <laughs> like, yeah. was, was that kind of like, uh, like I gotta be in this to that, that'll separate me from Elliot to, to be in this. Not, it, not really. Uh, actually, uh, although, you know, unintentionally, I think it did. Yeah. But, but no, I, I actually got that part through, uh, people I had worked with when I was a kid on cloak and dagger in 1984. Okay. Yeah. So, so Les Mayfield and George Zaloom were two guys that were, uh, working with universal and they were producers on psycho four. And, uh, you know, so they looked me up cause yeah, I wasn't really, I wasn't actively working at the time. I was kind of, I was just finishing high school and I didn't really know what I was going to do. Okay. So, yeah. So, you know, I did this movie cause I thought, Oh, I'll play Norman Bates. Yeah. Cool. yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to you know, work with one, one of the most iconic, you know, villains yeah. of, of all time, you know? And yeah. And I, <laughs> so. you know, I was, my, my mom was a huge fan of Anthony Perkins and, uh, you know, she had seen like everything he had done. So yeah. It was kind of a, 
it's kind of a thing where I wanted to do it. I, um, no, on, on the show, we typically, you know, uh, obviously we didn't have time, uh, today to do this, but, um, uh, we, we have, you know, people who are in the business on, come on, break down a movie, uh, that they chose that they wanted to break down. Uh, I know we only have a couple mi- uh, minutes left now, but if, uh, there were a movie you would want to like break down and talk about, like what, what would that movie have been? Hmm. Putting you on the spot here. I know it's <laughs> break down a movie and talk about it. Um, oh, probably be um, either Dead End with uh, Humphrey Bogart. Oh, or uh, maybe High Noon. High. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's both great, great choices. Yeah. I have n- I, I've seen High Noon. I, I don't think I've seen Dead End, which I love when oh. people pick movies I haven't seen because then I watch it and then we talk about it. It's always... yeah, you gotta you gotta see Dead End. It's great. It's like yeah. it's it's set in in New York and like the Lower East Side, and it's kind of like um, you know it's it's kind of a movie about the class struggle in New York. You know, and yeah, how close they are together and how that causes friction and stuff okay and humphrey bogart plays like this gangster who's like on on the on the lamb and he's come back to his old neighborhood and you know expecting like this grand reception and okay you know and it's nice yeah and you can't go wrong with humphrey bogart that's no 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 (laughs) he starts becoming undone by you know the fact that he's not as respected as he he thought he would be being famous, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely gonna have to check that out and may, Hey, we'll, we'll have to set up a time for you to come back on and we can, we can break down that movie. That would be a lot of fun. Love um, to do it. It's also like, it's also a, a, a real excellent capturing of the, the Bowery accent in New York that was probably the real accent of uh, gangs of New York, how everybody would have been talking. Oh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. So did you use that movie like when you were making gangs of New York? Like, did you go uh, back I, to it? Yeah, I watched it, but I also, um, I thought my character should be Irish. Yeah. Because uh, my character was written as, as like this Italian kid, but I, I didn't, feel like i looked italian and um so i asked marty if i could be irish and he said yeah <laughs> so you know it's like fine all right i'm not gonna like, fight yeah. with you oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. no i i think that's good i think that's that's yeah that's probably a good idea irish <laughs> that's yeah. that's a, a, lot of, actually... a lot of irish people a lot of irish people in new york at the time not a lot of italians it's true it's true that is a that's a great Mar- Martin Scorsese right there. I might use that as a clip and say, "Hey, do you guys know we had Martin Scorsese on the show?" Uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I know uh, we got to let you go. But uh, thanks. Uh, I could go on and on and on about uh, all your all your work. But uh, anything uh, final you want to say about uh, the new film coming yeah, out? I got a new film out, Salmon King. Um, I also am a published author. So if you want to pick up my book, if you enjoy fantasy, if you like Game of Thrones and Lord of the Rings and all of that, then go pick up Window in the Mirror, written by yours truly, Henry Thomas. 
Look at that. When, and it's out now? Oh, yeah. You can buy it on Amazon or anywhere. Nice. I'll definitely be checking that out and we'll and plug it. And if you want to hear me narrate it, you can buy the audiobook because it's me narrating it. <laughs> that's, I love when, the, yeah, I love when they do that. So that's, yeah, good. I'll get to get to hear your voice more. Hopefully, uh, get some more Martin Scorsese, uh, impressions in there i doubt yeah. it but yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I was gonna do a rapid fire questions and i i gotta i, I made myself laugh uh, i was gonna ask you et or alf <laughs> uh so, sorry et i think okay that's fair that's fair yeah no i understand <laughs> all right henry well thanks so much for doing this it's it's been an absolute pleasure of mine thank you so much um, this was an well, honor thanks for having me on the show i, I really enjoyed it have a great day. You too, man. Mm-hmm.